Let's blow the lid off this bitch and let's have some fun. Welcome in to the Shop Show. Now, here are your hosts, Austin and Mike. What's up? I'm Austin here in the hot seat. Mike behind the computer and today's guests are innovators in a craft as old as time. They sponsor athletes, creators, and badass individuals. They have created a name and brand that will live forever. They've made an impact on the social media and action sports world as we know it. Welcome in Taylor and Johnny. Yo, what up? Hello, hello. What is up, boys? I appreciate you uh, making the drive and coming up here. It's not not the closest to Salt Lake. (laughs) I know, it's good. Always, you know, not not a bad drive. Come up to Heber, get a little... Mountain air, yeah, fresh up yeah, here. It's we don't leave beautiful. the city very much. Yeah, so this is great. Fresh air, get out of that inversion. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm super stoked to have uh, two people on here to uh, have a good time with. Shoot the shit. Um, it's been one on one, and it it tends to get serious. And uh, I like to. We don't like serious, not at all. No, let's let's break. We like it to down. have fun. That's Dude, what we do. So I, I want to go in a little bit. I've been to Rockwell a couple of times, just going there with Taylor. I used to own a different company um, and I was, you know, trying to utilize you guys for, you know, a couple of different things here and there. And you guys have a compound. Yeah. It's big. We have a full football yeah. field. Yeah. But it didn't start that way, right? Just like anything, you start small and then you eventually grow as um, you become more successful and things are um, help drive your business. And um, we were literally in a little like 500 square foot little facility as surrounded by auto dealership and, and a, and a, and a airplane hangar that housed motorcycle helmets. And we literally have this <laughs> teeny little office. And then from there, we've just over the years expanded into yeah a full compound where we have um, one of the largest CrossFit gyms in the nation. Uh, we have a full turf football field, volleyball courts. We have um, kind of set up for fun. So we, we, we sponsor a lot of athletes and we do a lot of things and it was like, we got to make this place fun. So when people come here, man, they see that we're just a little bit different and we have something cool to offer them. So we did it. Yeah. Hell yeah. And was the, was the original office there, like right there in that same area location? Yeah. Or? Yeah. It's, it's yeah. original, uh, Rich Eggett, uh, the founder, he's from Woods Cross and the building is the compound is in Woods Cross. Yeah. And the, the building that we house, uh, we call it the lab. And this is really where Taylor oversees all of our, well, amongst other things, he oversees all of our customization. So we're a watch and sunglass company yep. uh, first and foremost, but we have lots of other things that we do. And one of those things is we make custom apparel or custom watches and sunglasses and, and gear. And Taylor oversees that operation. And in the lab where Taylor has, all this equipment that we can customize watches and sunglasses and, and apparel um, is this office. And the original Rockwell started in that little teeny tiny office and it's grown since then, obviously, but even that room itself is expanded. And now Taylor's over to, Oh, with his magical powers, he's over to like kind of the overlord of all the customization and the cool shit that we do. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. We try. Uh, it's pretty crazy. We're running out of room. Makes me excited though when we start. I'm like, man, we need. Yeah, we're already need more. We're at a spot right now where we we have to expand what we have, or we've talked about moving locations. But we're in such a cool spot, and we put so much time and money and effort and energy and work into building this compound to what it is that we just don't think that you know moving down the street's going to be the cure. We unless they can, we can have a ton of land and we can build yeah. the cool stuff on it. We're going to stay, stay here and probably just expand the infrastructure where we're at. So. Right. Well, and where you guys are at, right? Like you have some of the coolest neighbors. Um, like I went to high yeah. school with Jason, um, yeah. you know, flight Academy. They're kind of, <laughs> oh, yeah. dude, they springboard is blowing up. I mean, <laughs> yeah, they, 
it's it's nuts. Wow. And then you guys are right there next to Diesel Brothers, yeah, right? Yep. Um, yep. And actually, uh, a lot of the Diesel Brother guys worked for us first. Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, Xbox they, and uh, Diesel Dave were both Rockwell employees. Yeah. Employees. D, D, uh, Heavy D was uh, our sponsorship salesman, and Dave, um, that guy's he's a wizard too. But he could he could sell snow to an Eskimo, but he was yeah. a sponsorship guy. At one point in time, we had over a million dollars in sponsorship sales and Dave was a, a, a big part of that. And then uh, Dave Kylie, Diesel Dave, he would drive our semi. We would we were on a race team <laughs> oh, yeah. tag along and be a part of the Rockwell crew. So Never wore we, shoes. Yeah, never wore shoes. For a year straight, you never wear shoes. Has he always just worn those boots? Always. <laughs> well, like, like day one? There was literally a time that before they were doing what they're doing now that uh, I didn't see him wear shoes for a year. Like I saw him riding a Harley down I-15 barefoot. And I'm like, what are oh, wait, you doing? Look, you, so you're literally saying no didn't wear shoes. shoes. Like no wear shoes. shoes. No yeah, shoes. yeah, yeah. I was just thinking the winter, boot. No, winter didn't wear shoes. I first met those guys in the wakeboard scene. They were very yeah. big in the wakeboard scene, Dave and Dave, and they would throw these big parties and, and, uh, like, you know, Cal and like Cal, yeah. And it was, that's where I first met them. And it wasn't, had nothing to do with diesels or trucks or anything. Yeah. Banned and then, pal. Yeah. They, yeah, they for, did get for me too crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, and then from there, um, you know, transitioned over into Rockwell. I met them when I was still fighting and still uh, promoting mixed martial arts. And then went from there to, um, to Rockwell, uh, was around Rockwell in its inception. And that's when I met those guys outside of that, that realm of action sports and weightlifting and stuff. So that's cool. Yeah. So that's kind of like my last company. That's where I kind of met and got intertwined with, I guess, all of these like kind of successful people. Right. And it's like, you meet one, especially here in, in Utah. Right. And it just like sparks like a wildfire. Yeah. It's a pretty small world though. Like the action sports yeah. industry. It's yeah. like, you know, we, we knew each other from high school, but right. But you hang out with a lot of the same people that I knew from other industries. Right. We, I didn't introduce you. Like you guys were just yeah. happened to. Yeah. You're like, all, Oh, you know, so-and-so yeah. I'm like <laughs> the same people. <laughs> how that works. Huh? Yeah. It's crazy. Um, it was, uh, it kind of, you know, got kickstarted like with the rope and all that. I don't know. Have you ever seen that like bounce back surf rope? No, no. Uh, yeah, 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 I have. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that, um, it's kind of, you know, got us into, you know, a bunch of different other facets and things like that. Like, uh, for instance, Sean Silvera, um, the wake surfer, he's going to be on, uh, on the show next. But, um, I, I actually spoke to him today and he said, you guys used to sponsor back in the day, a lot of the like flow contests. Oh, yeah. John, John. Oh, John. Sean, who's up there. Um, yeah, Sean's a stud. Yeah. yeah. We he's, did a lot with a uh, flow rider. Flow rider. Flo rider. Fly, yep. yep. With Dusty there and Sean over at flow rider. But yeah, those they, action sports was really when Rockwell first kicked off and, and Rich Agate can and, and talk to this a little bit better than I can, but Rich was the founder of Rockwell. Yep. I came on board right it's is in its inception and one of the things that Rich was involved in was was some action sports events like Supercross and Motocross racing and he loved that he had a passion for it and and so man back in the beginning that's really what we were about it was like wakeboarding to BMX it was more it was of a social scene right and it was just kind of being involved and being a part of it and not really pushing a brand and then Rich kind of being the genius that he is was like man we should develop a brand um, that's different than a clothing line. Everybody has a clothing. Yeah. Every yep. knucklehead with two nickels to rub together started a clothing. Yeah, I want line. my own shirt. Yes, yeah. That, it, that's it, how I got off, right? It, and then, and then the rope. That was the that yeah. was the thing that kind of changed. 
um, the direction we were going. Yeah. And then people had something to talk about, right? It's not just, oh, you're the same old Joe Schmo with, you know, a shirt that just has a stupid logo on it, but it, but it's the same next level t-shirt, right? Sure. Sure. Totally. Absolutely. And that's, and that's really what I mean by that is I'm not knocking anybody that started t-shirt company and had success or failure. At least they tried, but exactly. it just, it was a time and that's when everybody was doing it. It was like t-shirts, hats, and freaking energy yeah, drink like everywhere. Right? right. Yeah. Taking advantage of it and being a little bit different living the culture. And so we decided, look, let's have all that stuff in the pipeline, but let's create a product that we don't really see in this space. Yeah, but And there really wasn't. It separates you, right? Because if you, if you think about making and manufacturing something as difficult as a watch or even as glasses, right? Yep. You can go buy a t-shirt anywhere. You can go buy a t-shirt at Walmart and have a screen printer sent to you from Amazon overnight and boom, you're in business, right? But the logistics and, you know, the creativity and the skill and the foresight to be able to put out a watch, right? Like to me, growing up in high school, Rockwell was always like those big face watches, right? Like that, that's kind of been the jam. Um, and Taylor always had them. And I was always like, dude, man, working at the golf course, how can I afford one of those things? <laughs> well, you could. You just work for free for a while. And do <laughs> That's right. Come on board. Don't yeah, get I did, paid. I, I did an internship internship with them for a year and a half. Yeah. That's kind of how I got in. So honestly, in high school, I thought you like owned part of the company or something because you were literally well, like- Well, he does own part of the company. He does. Now. 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 <laughs> right. But I, I'm talking like back in the day because he was about it, man. Like- I don't even know if you guys made underwear, but somehow this dude would have Rockwell underwear on. Yeah. The stickers were everywhere. I mean. And that's really what separated us from a lot of different brands that were out there was this culture that we created where people were all in. If you were part of the Rockwell family, like like you said, you you thought he was an owner. Taylor lived the brand. I mean, he still does it this day, but Taylor lived the brand and those type of people were, are still what keep us in business. It's the guy that doesn't have 100%. one watch. The majority of our customers have a watch and a sunglass and a sports watch and, you know, the, the Coliseum and they own socks and, you know, they look at what we do and think, oh man, that's a cool brand and we want to be a part of it. And in the initial, like we said, it was about the action sports. It was about the weekend warrior. They're guys that ride their BMX bikes and ski and do all this, but they Pat, love Pat Laughlin. Yeah. Pat, Pat big, big oh, daddy. Yeah. Pat, daddy Pat was, was there in the, two weeks ago totally. in their office. So. And so from that, you have these people that have a passion for what you're doing. And so they buy in. They're like, dude, we want to be a part of that. And how do we do it? Well, the closest way that we know how is let's rock the product. Yeah. And, and that's shifted a little bit over time. We still do a lot of action sports and in that world. But our core consumer, our core customer are police, fire, and military. Yeah. Those are the people that support our brand. And so those are the people that we support through our different programs that we have at Rockwell, um, the charities that we sponsor and support uh, our law enforcement or first responder, uh, uh, military based. And, and we, and we've seen that that shift happen naturally. It's not that we said, Oh, let's stop doing action sports and let's focus on this. It was just, man, we're patriots. We love America. We love the flag oh, yeah. of what our first responders and, and big ass flag right there, <laughs> what our military stands for. And so we just, they, you know, they, that group of people, that, that, that set of people uh, saw that and, and they kind of gravitated towards It's like the family. Brand. Like it feels like home. Totally. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I personally like that, right? Because in, in social media and on the news and everything with what's been going on in the world, I don't want to get too political here, but 
I mean, those guys have been under attack, right? And sure. it, and it's like the, they're the ones, you know, you, you know, during the the pandemic. However, you see it, they were the ones, you know, on the front line helping people, sick people, whatever it was, right? And it's like they get discredited, and it's just not fair. You know what sucks, and for our business, you know, people always ask, you know, COVID, right? The pandemic is like, well, how did you guys survive? And it was like, well, our our casual fan base dropped because we weren't doing events. We're an event company. We're an event marketing company at the yeah, end you guys of the day, are big right? Big and loud. So and so when we are not doing events, that hurts our online business. But our core customer, police, firemen, those men and women were all still working. Right. They were still doing their job. And so they were able to keep us afloat and keep us supported. And and so we, of course we thank them for that, not just for keeping us in business, of course, but also for all that they do. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Hell yeah. The sheep dogs of the yeah, world. Yeah. So I want to go into a little bit. I I saw on your guys' Instagram a while back. You had Greg Godfrey in. Yep. Um, yeah, we know Greg well. Dude, dude's a dude's a we riot. Much named after Greg. The Godfrey Iron Rider is named after Greg Godfrey. Oh yeah, so he's gonna come on the show, um, and talk a little bit about how like relationships like that one, for example, just kind of play into um, your brand and into the action sports world and cultivate relationships. Well, I can tell you that when I first met Greg Godfrey, I was promoting mixed martial arts events. So I have a, come from a combat sport background. I fought mixed martial arts professionally for like five years. I, I use the word professionally loosely. It was before there was an athletic commission and to fight, you had to become a professional. There was no amateur back then. How'd you and, get to that level then? Um, well, just by fighting a lot, right? Just okay. by competing, competing and, and, <laughs> and, and, and back then, the if, if you yeah. took one fight, you were considered a pro because there was no amateur. And so, you know, I've, I've probably have 20 fights under my belt, but, um, back then I was, I, I had a gym and I was partners in a gym down in Orem, Utah called the throwdown training facility. And Greg Godfrey was filming Nitro Circus, but also had the thrill billies, which was a yeah. television series that with Travis, uh, yeah, with the Travis, um, put together and, and they needed some guys to come beat up some of their cast members. <laughs> and so me and two other professional fighters went to Greg Godfrey's house. I didn't never even met Greg. And um, and we beat up a couple of the cast members for their show. Like just literally beat the shit out. Yeah, we just put on gloves and fought. It was like that's that, pretty gnarly. That was that, that was one of their skits. <laughs> did they, they put wanted. on like headgear or like a couple guys did, but the guy I fought didn't. I mean, he did he just wanted to go and Johnny loves that. Yeah. Yeah. He's you you like, got to get that armored combat going. Yeah. yeah. You've seen, you seen that armored thing? Those guys are nuts. Dude. We'll talk about that because we, we're we getting into doing nice. some sponsorship and bringing some of those guys to Utah to, to, to oh, dude, put on a show. So, but yeah, it's pretty fun. So I met Greg there and we hit it off. Um, he, I coached wrestling. He was a former uh, wrestler. I think Greg was a, maybe a one time or two time state champ, but Greg wrestled and we hit it off. And, Greg said, Hey man, we're good filming some more segments. Do you want to come out and be a part of the show? Yeah. So anytime I got a chance, Greg would call me and say, hey, we need a body. So I would, and I think he just knew I was dumb enough to come <laughs> and be a part anything. of whatever. And so I'd go and we'd do a stunt. And and then he's like, look, I want to make you a, a full-time cast member of the thrill billies. And so, um, I shot a few Is that a paid gig. Then? Yeah. Paid gig. Um, basically what had happened was nitro circus, um, had a contract with fuel TV. If you guys remember yeah, fuel TV, yep. fuel TV still around, but fuel TV, um, that's where nitro circus was. Well, then nitro got their deal with MTV. And when they did that, it left this hole, uh, over at fuel TV. They needed a, a half hour long show to fill this spot. So they said, look, let's make the Thrillbillies a half hour long weekly television series. We'll film 12 episodes and we'll put it, we'll put it on. And so I was a cast member. There was four of, it was me, 
uh, Shrimpy. I don't know if you guys know Spencer Pratt. Yep. His family's the OGO family. So it was me, Shrimpy, uh, uh, Aaron Savage. He went by Crumb. And then Whitney, uh, Whitney, and then Derek Costello was a motorcycle guy. So there was five of us and we filmed, uh, three seasons, um, with, with Godfrey and yeah, it was a paid gig, man. We were part of the kind of the nitros, ugly stepbrother. We filmed, yeah. we filmed, they really enjoyed, um, through Billy's sometimes more nitro circus because nitro circus was like funded so heavily. Like the things that they the were production doing, side of the it, things that they were doing, you were just like, it was safer, it's not even humanly possible what they're doing, but like these guys would just like, do the we're dumbest shit. Yeah, we would just, do the dumbest shit. Like we'd write it on a time. We would write it on a napkin lunch and then go, let's go to home Depot and buy the yeah. equipment. And then go set this, like we were literally sitting at, we went to like smash burger, like went with this burger spot and, uh, Jared Willardson was the producer and Jared's like, dude, you know what? You know, what's real popular right now? Angry birds. We should do something like angry birds. So let's build these towers. And then like, we'll dress you guys as pigs. But instead of like, we'll get a chicken and we'll get him on a motorcycle and we'll crash the motorcycle off a jump into the, and we're like, what? Like knocking all the shit over. The next day we were doing it. The Jared's next day, the idea guy. we were dressed up. up. We were in the spots, just like, just like the, just like the video game. So what is the budget like? Dude, nothing, like nothing. Like it was like you borrowed your uncle's motorcycle. Like 20 out of your wallet. I, I see situation. that, but they, but they, there, there was a budget, you know, they had money that they would spend and every one of the cast members got paid. We got paid well, you know, just to get together and do dumb shit and have fun and, and it was it was an awesome time, but that's the first time I met Greg, not knowing that Greg and Rich Eggett were like best buddies. Greg and Rich, um, some people don't know this, but the motorcycle that Travis Pastrana drove into the Grand Canyon was Rich's motorcycle, and we have it at the shop, and it's totally it's destroyed. It's yeah, mangled. the one in, a Global Addiction, I think, is what it was in. Yeah, it was in the movie Global Addiction. Travis drives it, but don't Rich, it. Rich, because he like base jumped right, like he, yeah, yeah. yeah. He drove it off a ramp into the Grand Canyon, let the bike go, and then parachuted. The bike didn't have a parachute. It was Rich's bike. Flies down to the bottom of the canyon. gets mangled. They recovered it. and, and Actually, all five of them. Yeah. Yeah, because great because before <laughs> Rich- Wait, there was five motorcycles at the yeah. bottom? They, they, uh, oh, they yeah. Did, they all did it. Yeah, yeah. They did it a five few times. Motorcycles yeah. A few different times. Rich was the only guy that was like, yeah, you guys can take five bikes. That's when it. environmentalists didn't care about Well, shit. actually, they- <laughs> They had to do a lot for that. Like they had to make sure before they would even let them do it. They had to make sure they were like they couldn't leave any trace of. Yeah, what that's, they did what, that's why we have it is because they had to go down there and clean up clean every all of it up. Single like, little. Do you piece helicopter of that out? What do you do? Yeah, helicopter. I think they did. I think they ended up getting yeah doing some stuff like that. I I don't know. I wasn't there. I don't want to speak to like I know what they yeah, did. Yeah, but, yeah. But they got it all. We've got it at the shop. If anyone wants to cruise by Rockwell and see it, it's mangled in the back nine. I act like a beer can. <laughs> I actually do want to come back by the shop. Yeah. I, when I did come by, um, it was kind of like unannounced. I'm a I'm the type of person. I don't like to text. I call because I want answers now. FaceTime. FaceTime. I I uh, I like to see people's reactions and responses real time. If you text somebody, it can last all damn day and it can drag out forever. Um, so true. I, 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 I'm a instant. I want it now. So I, I think last time I was down there, I called Taylor. I was like, dude, I'm like close. I'll be there in five minutes. And he's like, uh, okay, I'm busy doing shit, but all right, like but make, make it work, make it, make it work. And at the time, Taylor's answered everything. Yeah. Yeah. Th this was when you guys, you had just gotten back your very first production, like prototype bag. Yeah. And you had just gotten into like the glasses game because I had started, I was talking to you about doing like co-branded glasses yep. and I think there's Zeiss lenses or something. Mm -hmm. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. So shameless plug here, but uh, so our, our glasses are handcrafted in Italy. And what That's I mean what by that is. is we, it's, we spent years developing our sunglasses 
And Taylor, who now is over a lot of our manufacturing, can tell you that we went and there's a guy that's 80 years old with a block of clay and we're describing to him the how we want the shape and he's carving it out, out of with, a little, with a little wood tool to form the glasses. So the glasses on your face right now. Take a, take a look at the camera. These were formed out of clay in, in this is this, this is called those? the Monaco, but those were formed out of clay and handcrafted in Italy. And so um, they're made Pretty in Italy. Carl's Iceland. Oh, his whole, oh, life. His whole life. His whole, whole life. life. And so, um, you know, you talk about relationships and, and things, and, and I can tell you that like our factory in Italy does stuff for us that they probably wouldn't do for Oakley because of the relationship. It's not yeah. about money. It's, yeah. it's a weird thing. It's not like it's what can, it's what kind of people are you? Who are, yep. So we would take trips there and visit them and bring them gifts. And like, they thought it was lunch weird with them. they didn't always talk business. Yeah. We, they, we would just like, go and hang out with yeah. them. And they're like, dude, this is really that's weird. Best, like, yeah. that's the best relationship. Right. And actually on the podcast before this, we had uh, Rick Lindsay Parker's yeah. dad, and he had talked about how most insurance companies, for example, um, either, you know, turn somebody down or they just accept people for who they are and they don't really care. But then after you have a claim, they kick you out and say, see you later. He, talked very specifically about building a partnership. He's like, they're not just my customer. We partner with this person. Um, and he had talked about, and he gave an analogy of going into the bank and he's like trying to get a loan. And they say, no, no, no. You know, you get turned down every time. Uh, the loan committee doesn't want you. And he's like, well, let me talk to the loan committee, right? Like, who are these people? Let me sit down and actually let them know who I am and what what I mean, right? And so he's taken that approach to his business, which sounds like you guys have done the exact same thing. And I think that's what makes businesses successful today, um, or at least you know, lasting, right? Because you get sure. to utilize those relationships further yeah. down the road. Like you guys could call Greg and say, hey, you know, you already have, you know, X, Y, Z over here. We want to leverage it here. And you now collaborate, you know, and make magic happen. One of the things that we, that we covet the most that we've created over our, you know, 20 years of business is this Rolodex that we have. And, and when we talk to- Tell the kids what sponsors, that is. Yeah, the, a Rolodex <laughs> it was this old little thing that you would write people's name and their phone number and their address and you'd store it alphabetically <laughs> on your desk and you'd spin it and you could roll it to, oh, I need to talk to Jason. So you'd roll it to the J and you'd pull Jason's name out or Taylor. My or, Rolodex wouldn't be then good. Grab the then you'd grab the rotary phone? Yes, you grab the rotary phone. Okay, so- Mine wouldn't be good. Your Taylor's, yours would not. <laughs> nope, would not. <laughs> as organized as you are, it's organized chaos. Yeah. But- um, so, so we have this Rolodex of just all the connections and the people we've done business with. And we're, we try our damnedest as a brand to never burn a bridge and help as many people as we can, Yeah. but still stay in business, right? We're not a charity. We're not a 501c3 where we are a company that's we're, we're a for profit. We want to make some money, yeah. but we also want to help people because we, you never know down the road when you'll turn around and you may need that person's help, you may need their advice, you may need their counseling. And so, man, we, we do our best to keep, I mean, every, I even think about the people that have worked, we were talking about this the other day, over the life of Rockwell, we've probably had what, 50 employees. Mm -hmm. And probably out of those 50 employees, there may be one that's like begrudging that may not have the best relationship, but the rest of those guys, when they come in town, they come to the shop, they hang out, Yeah, man. We, and we, we look at that and go, man, that's pretty cool because there's lots of other businesses I would never, that I've worked for in my, you know, 44 years that I would never go back to and be like, Hey, what's up? But like, it was like a family. So even though they're not with us anymore, we still send them Christmas cards. Yeah, still yeah. want to have, you I know, want a Christmas card. Oh, dude, there's been employees we've lost that have puts me in tears. I'm like, this is, insane. Oh, for sure. It's hard to, yeah. leave, you know, lose 
employees sometimes. No, it's, it's how long? Crazy. How long did the Daves work there then? Couple years. Couple years. Yeah, I think yeah. They were pretty young. I mean, yeah. I was before they eight. had beards. Taylor had to have been like five when he started working there. <laughs> so you I know, tell I, you this: I brag about Taylor this all the time, and yeah, sorry to cut you off, Taylor. But at one point in time, we were um, when I came over from the fight game. I had television production in my blood, like I just knew about television and how it worked and how to build a model using television. And so when I met with Rich Eggett, I said, "Look, dude, we should create a television series based on Rockwell and all the different things that Rockwell does." So we'll go film and we'll do interviews and we'll talk to athletes and then we'll put this together. We'll buy some time on TV and we'll sell sponsorship commercials, ad revenue, ad yeah. revenue. And we'll, we'll put this half hour to an hour long show on. And he's like, I got just the guy. So Taylor would come with us. And we, you know, he'd come and film Supercross and be gone. We'd be gone for a week at a time. 16, baby. Un, unbeknownst. I didn't know that Taylor was still in high school. I thought he was a graduated was kid. He driving that, that was, like Chevy Silverado or something. It was a mom, on the grass. Yeah. His mom was like, where the hell is my son? He's been gone for five days. And we're like, well, is that a problem? Well, yeah, he missed school. We're like, he's in high school. I had no idea Taylor was still in high school. But Taylor was the youngest television producer in the country at one point in time he produced a weekly television series that we had on the air 52 episodes at 16 16 yeah, I was yeah. Like 17 17 in that time when he was in the thick of it wild i think you and i only even had one class ever together pe always be yeah i don't know why it was because we were both lazy <laughs> lazy bastards but, but I, really though every time i think it was pe yeah and um, I think we even, I mean, we obviously were friends with everybody, yeah. right? But there's kind of those clicks and groups and stuff like that. But I don't even know that we ever like legitimately hung out, like out, Not you were always on the like, road. Yeah. Yeah. He was, was, like, the yeah. Or he was doing that year and a half internship. And, and I was at Eagle with just freaking golfing and working, yeah. golfing and working. Um, one thing that was really interesting about, I think you and me was, I didn't ever really hung out with the same people. Man, I could be hanging like people. It was always weird because they're like, "Are you hanging out with the golf kids?" And I'm like, "Yeah, they're interesting. Let's yeah. go hang out." And then the I'd be boat. hanging out with all the kids playing football. I've never played football. I just I enjoy hanging out with people and hanging out for who they are. Yeah, yeah. not really a, that whole click. Yeah, you know, I'm just not into that whole deal. So I, I had, I'd say I had like three friends, and like those were like our friends. But we'd yeah. all it'd be like, "Oh, we're hanging out with track kids today. Yeah. We're hanging out with the theater goons, right?" Yeah. And it's just like. You just kind of go with the flow and 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 do what you do. But um, one of the things you you've you've talked about briefly um, is you know fighting and the fight game and stuff like that. So what are your I guess if you want to say accolades um, in fighting? I mean, are you like so I was one of the first two? Yes. So like, I, I come from um, a wrestling background. I wrestled and I coached wrestling at Murray High School for a few years. So I was a wrestler, um, kind of the ground and pound technique. And this was really before my wife's favorite transition. Like it was right. right? <laughs> it was really before mixed martial arts was mixed martial arts. Back Very then new, we used yeah. to call it NHB, which stands for no hold barred. And, um, there was a lot, there was a, this group of guys that were like kind of the legends in jujitsu in combat sport jujitsu. But I really didn't know anything about that. I just knew wrestling and take yeah. one down and get on mount them and, and, and beat them up. Yeah. Beat them up. And then, and then, and then, found out that man there's really more to this sport than just doing that but i had success doing that because at the time when i fought you could be the toughest guy on your block and be pretty successful yeah um and and that's what i think the popularity of the television series that i was a part of the reason why it blew up and and we did seven years of fight shows we did fights every single weekend for seven years i'm talking 
we did fight show. We never took a break. We did fights every single Saturday night <clears throat> and we never had to worry about contestants because people would always be willing to sign up. But, but then once to again, get their ass kicked. Yeah. They would, man, I'm telling you all walks of life. I've seen it all inside the cage. I can tell you I'm dumb enough in high school. I would have been one of those guys like, Hey, totally shit out of me. But, <laughs> but I'll tell you what it did do. There are guys that did that. That were trial by fire that had gone like, I don't know if you guys know who court McGee is. Court McGee is a UFC yep. fighter fights in the UFC. He's a Northern Utah guy, Davis County guy. Court was a great wrestler, but court really didn't know that much. I mean, he did some karate and did some other things, but then court got in and fought and was like, dude, this is amazing. I, I think I could really take to this. And so court really dedicated his life to training and perfecting his craft and yep. becoming a black belt. And court's one of the baddest dudes on the planet. You'd never know what I mean. He's the nice, unless you looked at his ears, but he's like the <laughs> nicest guy around. And, and that most fighters are that way. Most fighters are like the nicest guy, the, the hard asses that you see. The like those dudes aren't fighters. Yeah. Fighters, like true professional, they're like the coolest guys because they got nothing. They're not worried about me. They're not worried about you. They're not worried about us three yeah. to, to get like, yeah. they're just, they know, dude, they can handle they're, they're most yeah. situations, right? They're chill dudes. Wasn't there a show about beating people up on MTV? Yeah, Bully Beatdown. Yeah, yeah Bully Beatdown. It was filmed right here in Utah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I went to 90% of the tapings because it was back, they were doing that kind of right as the arc of UFC and MMA, MMA and, became yeah. popular. At one time, Utah per capita was the whole like mecca of combat it was the mecca yeah um there was so many gyms out of the east center, right man we do fights at the east center delta center U U ucc event center like we did fights in big venues and we would i mean we wouldn't sell them out but we would get a lot of people coming out to the shows and i think a lot of that had to do with the fact that we were a television series we were on every week but man it really just exploded all the gyms here kind of prospered because guys would go and fight, maybe never even have been in a fight. Yeah. But they'd sign up and fight and be like, man, I want to get better at this. Mm -hmm. So he'd go sign up at the local gym. And so at one time, and there was a lot of gyms in the state of Utah that were putting out dudes to come fight, whether they were super experienced or trained for two weeks, they'd come sign up and fight. Yeah. It was really cool. A lot's changed since then in the sport itself and how it's governed and regulated. Yeah. But man, it was, it was a great time. Uh, it was, it was best you know, fun seven years ever. Like, but, and I didn't get paid a lot of money, but it was a great internship. I learned about television production, met all the right media guys, knew what it took to, you could have just called produce. Taylor. Yeah. Well, yeah. Right. right? 16 year old. I never even up a camera when I started. So yeah. Yeah. Taylor learned all of that. Just he just, my big mouth. He figured it out. It. And that, yeah. Taylor's really, Taylor's really good at that. He just figures shit out. So yeah. I mean, there, there's a lot to be said, right, about somebody who's willing to just like put their hands and get dirty and just kind of figure it out, right? I mean, there's, you can go to college and school and do all that shit, but it's like most people, I'd say, especially nowadays, they just want somebody to come in and learn their way, right, and then just kind of grow and and build from the ground up. What do you think it is specifically about Utah? that uh, kind of breeds and creates um, all of these, you know, kind of smaller companies that just explode? Because I'd say Utah has a number of companies that are like, you know, you talk to somebody in Florida or Texas, right? And then you're like, yeah, they're a Utah company. And people just kind of scratch their heads and go, what? Yeah, I mean, th this, question. I can tell you yeah. my thought on it and it could be totally outer space land, but <clears throat> I'm an Irish Catholic. I'm an Irish Catholic. Born and raised in a Mormon community. Yeah. 
And a lot of my friends, my, some of my best friends growing up and now to this day are LDS. Rich Agin, our, my partner, is one of the most spiritual, righteous men I've ever met. Yeah. Like the guy's never tasted alcohol. He's never, you know, he's, he's, but he's an amazing man and a great example to people because he doesn't judge anybody. But I think the word no doesn't resonate with Mormons. I think when they go on their mission and they knock a door and someone tells them no, man, they just go to the next door and they knock and they get told no. And then, okay, cool. Just hop on to the next, like, I like, guess like, yeah, they, just, like they, don't, they don't, they don't take no <laughs> You're on to something. for an answer. I mean, I'm serious. I, You're I not just, busy. Because, I just think a lot, like I know a lot of successful people <laughs> that were missionaries. And, and I think Light also, bulb. also being, Put out on a two-year mission. You're away from home. You're not coddled by your parents. You're living this life. You're serving the Lord. You're asking people to give up 10% of their wage, quit drinking, quit smoking, go to church every Sunday for four hours. You're okay to ask people to do that. And some of them are very successful at doing it. And I think that has a little bit to do with it. I think it's just this resilient, no, okay, cool, on to the next. Right. I think that is also, now that I think about it, uh, what is behind the success of all of these, you know, Mormon door-to-door solar and, and absolutely sales yeah. guys. That's that's the exact, that's the reason. They, dude, they want the missionary right off their mission to come work for them because they're not afraid to door knock and they'll do it all day long, 12 hours a day, all summer long, selling solar and then cash a $300,000 check. They weren't getting that on their mission. No. No. Well, they're like, dude, now I can do kind of do this, what I'm of gold the, behind this dude, door. but now I, so that, I mean, that's my thought. I may be way wrong, but I'm thinking that has a little bit to do with it. I think that's a very, very good answer. And it's that. actually, I find so. it very comical. Um, and I think literally you hit the nail on the head with that. Um, to, to transition a little bit. And I talked to Taylor, you know, just kind of like, Hey, what are you guys doing? Right. You can go on your social media and I'd say it's very diverse as far as like what you guys post, um, what you see on there. I'd say it's not the same thing. And I like that, right? Like I want to go to somebody's Instagram or their social media and let it tell you a story of the things that they're involved in and the things that they're doing versus, Hey, here's, every one of our watches in a different color across the platform. That's boring shit. Nobody wants to look at that. So from your social media page and platform, it tells a story, but I want to know, like, what are you guys doing? Right? Like you're in monster trucks. You were doing super cross. I mean, like, yeah, well for, I mean, I can tell you what aren't we doing way back. Yeah. From way back to when rich, decided that we wanted to be a part of Supercross. It's because he was passionate about motorcycles. I'm passionate about fights. Yeah. So I want to sponsor every mixed martial artist out there that, that wants a cool watch that wants to rep our brand. Um, you know, we had guys that loved skiing. And so, man, we'd go after all the skiers and man, you know, we had dudes that loved the way Bryce Brown loved wakeboarding. And so it was like, Hey dude, let's go after it. What is your passion? What do you want to do? Yeah. Taylor being a moto guy. Taylor comes from the motorcycle racing. I mean, that was Taylor's passion forever. That's how I that, met Rich. That's how you met Rich. And so, so we, we're not fake. We yeah. are, we are true, man. Th- these are the things we love. Authentic, it's authenticity. Authentic. Yeah, it's authenticity. So like for us, man, who doesn't love my, mon- who not as a kid wanted to drive a monster truck. So we sought out some of the best monster truck drivers and the best monster truck team in the world based right in Utah and said, guys, how do we get involved? What can we do? Yeah. Created a formula, created a plan, and now we're putting on our You're hosting the truck. events, right? We are putting on our own monster truck series. Um, our trucks are contracted through Monster Jam, so Monster Jam, all Monster Jam season long, the trucks that we have are out on the road. 
doing Monster Jam. And you Stadium host Center Radio. How no. many weekends are they doing? It's, oh, man, it's, it's insane. insane. It's, it's, it's every single weekend, yeah. six different shows throughout the country. Yeah. So they do a stadium tour and an arena tour that's Monster Jam. So if you think of it like the NFL, Monster Jam is the NFL for monster trucks. Okay. So Monster Jam goes city to city. They put on these events. Our trucks are contracted. But then at the end of May, the world finals happen. Monster Jam is over. So after the day after that's done, you're free we start, to do whatever you now want. Now they're not contracted anymore. Yeah. Now we put on our own. It's called the Monster Truck Militia Tour. So we take our monster trucks that we have. Six of them? Well, we have eight. We'll have eight of them by the end of June. And so we take these trucks and we go on tour. Because even then, there's other people doing tours. Yep. And they'll use our trucks. They'll pay to have our trucks. Our trucks are the best trucks they're, in the industry. They're just like contract workers. Contract workers. Okay. It's X amount of dollars to come up and drive my truck. And your, your driver truck. goes with the truck? Goes yep. with the truck. They do everything. Okay. It's I was going to say, you, you don't want to throw Stacy in a truck and let her know. <laughs> no, no. No, it's every truck has its own driver. So we put on this tour. We do six. We'll probably be doing between six and nine stops this year. But we do them at like the Pleasant Grove Fairgrounds, Harriman uh, uh, Butterfield Park. We're doing one for Draper. Uh, we, we do one in Nephi. We'll, we'll do one in St. George. So we'll go to a facility. We'll rent the facility. Yeah. And then we'll put on a show, sell tickets and merch and gear and snacks and food. And we do it all. Oh, Everything. Yeah. And it's pretty yeah. wild. It's It's crazy to think that you know, the couple of times we do it, you learn so much every time. I'm like, man, what, what are we missing? Every time I'm just like, are you still it? mobbing around to all these events in that van? I don't have a van. I sold the van. Sold the van. Okay. I just got a Sub right now, you know, Sub life. We're, we're right now. We're in the, we've, it's one of those things where, you know, as we expand infrastructure, like we have two semi, two Rockwell semi trucks that support Supercross. Right. I'm like, I've, I've seen those in the parking. They literally just park right in front of your building. Yeah, right? park right in front of the building. But we have, but like right now, we'll have, we're have, we have a box truck that we're going to wrap and that will be like what hauls because there's so much that when you do an event like that, it's like insane. it's insane how much it takes a table, to put on an event. Oh, every day event. Yeah. Lemonheads. Not just pizza. <laughs> I'm doing it all. Yeah. And then I'm scanning people's tickets. Yeah. It's shooting a, photos. It's wild. What does what does what does your wife think? What does Roxy think when this is all going exactly down? Helps. Yeah. She, like, she, sometimes I'm like, you have to come. I it, we need help. It, I can tell you that it is a 100 family affair. Everybody that works at Rockwell, your significant other, your kids, they're all involved. So they're literally scanning tickets, selling popcorn. We we get volunteers. We've got a really good group of volunteers. These gals that have been family friends of mine forever that come and they run the concession stand, which is probably the biggest nightmare. But other than that, it's like every Everybody has a job yeah. and, and your family and your, and, and even then some of your close friends where we all ask them, Hey, yeah. come be a part of it. Come help us. Or you tell them. This. <laughs> yeah. Or we tell them you've got to be there. Yeah. Just, yeah you, it is what it is. Like you said, yeah. we, so, uh, the podcast being here, obviously we're in a shop, um, the shop show and we've got all this equipment. We, uh, we do landscaping, landscape construction is what I'd call it. Um, and we hosted a Christmas party in here. We got tables. We had people bring like the linens. We did this whole deal and we hosted all of our customers. Um, and they were like kind of mind blown. They're like, what the hell? This contractor is inviting. We had Santa come. They brought presents. They, they, it was great, right? But it was one of the, the coolest things from a marketing perspective um, because, you know, they're, they're spreading the word like, hey, these guys care. And we literally did that same thing. I told my wife, I'm like, hey, we're doing a party. Um, and she's like, okay, I guess I'm shopping for presents and food and Mike's wife. And then we're down at Costco, right? And it's just like, it quickly became a, a family affair, people right? People kind of let their guard down when they're, 
they're not doing business when they come into yeah. a party setting. You know, yeah. you can you get you learn more about people when they're kind of not in business mode. You know, it's a little more yeah for casual. I'd, I'd say for sure. Actually, one of the funny things, um, our our landlord, the guy that owns these buildings, <laughs> um, he's like uh, he's an older guy, but he's he's pretty Mormon. Um, and he obviously never told me, but we you just get the vibe, right? You can read somebody, especially if you're from Utah, you can just go, yep. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. And we uh, we invited him. And of course, he's like, yeah, I'll come by. You know, I'll check it out. He's like, I want to see what a party looks like in my shop, you know, um, maybe from a supervisor perspective. I'm not too sure. I want to make sure you guys didn't have stripper pole. In there. <laughs> yeah, people really wow. the ceilings. Yeah, we put a really big stripper pole in here. Yeah, <laughs> we, <laughs> we, we could put a huge pole. But no, and he, he kind of sat over there and, you know, we've got beer and tequila and vodka, whiskey, and it's flowing. And I'm just kind of like sitting there like, is this guy going to get upset? Like, it was just one of those things. Did he get evicted? Did he, yeah. <laughs> did he get upset? No, no. Awesome. Awesome guy. He's, he's been, he's been great. Um, <clears throat> so to, to, I guess, kind of parlay off of that, you know, relationships and stuff like that, you guys have got to meet some of the coolest people in the world right now. Obviously, you look at like the Diesel Brothers, you see Travis Pastrana. I mean, you do Supercross, you get to meet just this variety of of people. How do those people impact or influence you when you're with them? Do you feel like you have to kind of keep up? Like, Travis, that guy's just a million miles an hour. Dude, no, I'm telling you, man, this is one thing that you'll learn. And, and you know, and it happened to me, man, being a fight, I'm a fight fan. So I'm, you ask me about the UFC, I could, you know, I can bust it out. I can, I'm, I'm pretty versed when it comes to the Utah martial arts. Joe Rogan. And the, yeah. Uh, they, well, no, <laughs> wish I had that guy's money. No, but, uh, but, um, I just brain farted. What the hell are we, what the hell was I saying? You're talking about, <laughs> talking about UFC. <laughs> duh, okay. Duh. Yeah. Okay. So like, I mean, I don't get really starstruck around celebrities and uh -huh. like actors, but like fight guys, like John Jones and George St. Pierre and Conor McGregor. There's like these guys. I was like, Oh man. Then when you spend time with these people, they're relatable. Dude, they're just dudes. Yeah. They're just people. Yeah. No, whether it's the, the, the TikTok celebrity you follow, that dude is just a guy. Yeah. And he's just doing something cool and he's got a lot of followers and may have a little bit of power, but it's just a dude. And so, man, to us, you know, for, well, I can't say for us, but, but for me, man, it's always a pleasure meeting those people and you can always get a little bit of, hey, man, if you, you can... A lot of them too. They they don't really let their guard down because it seems like they're always there's. All, they think everybody has an angle. Yeah. When you can really sit down and talk to them and you learn about their lives and they learn like man, it it's a really cool feeling to know they're just normal yeah. people, man. They're just normal dudes. Who who is your favorite? I guess person you guys get to hang out with. Like, do you have somebody that you like look forward to, right? Like, oh, like that dude. One, because you've built a relationship with them, right? And they're they're now at this point just a friend. But there's got to be somebody who you who you get to see on a semi regular basis, and you're like, all right, we're gonna have a good time. I mean, Rich, our, you know, he teaches me a ton, Rich Eggett. But uh, I'd say Sean Reyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the our our AG here in the state of Utah yeah, is just a total stud. I mean, he's a political guy. He's, yeah, but, you know, yeah. he's the top cop in the state, but he's just a good dude. And, yeah. and a guy that's always looking out for others, really selfless and just, just a solid dude. Um, and you know, has a little, you know, has that celebrity here in the state. I mean, like I said, he's the top cop and a guy that that's done a lot of good for this state. Um, um, so yeah, that, that's, that's well, a great you are, people are cool. Yeah. Yeah. Tim Ballard and the operation underground railroad guys are, yeah. are pretty amazing. 
Um, but like on a celebrity note, gosh, I'm just trying to think of who do we see? You see a lot of the Supercross guys, of course. I have a lot of the professional MMA guys. I have one person I really, really want to meet, and it's somebody that I've kind of, I guess, I, I don't know if I'd like fangirl over. And majority <laughs> of, I guess, people would probably even not have a clue who they are. But R. Willie, that dude, that kid looks like he has a good time. I don't even know who's that. Really? No. Nope. The scooter dude in Nitro Circus. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. yeah. All right. I know. I've only I'm met him a couple times. Point. I thought he was a singer. Yeah. No. Yeah. My my point exactly. But no, dude. He just like I don't. So there's something about Australians. Yeah. My they're fun. Yeah, they're fun. Dude. Oh, I reckon we're we're gonna have a nice Avo. You know, get it and rip. Yeah, dude. There. I've we've been to Australia. We have a distributor of our product there, and so we went. We did a trip to Australia and swam with sharks. And, uh, swam with sharks. Holy shit! Pulpy. That was they weren't supposed to. Yeah, Wait, we're supposed to, yeah. Aren't those, they're, they're, they're they like great whites out there. Like, yeah, not like, dude, they were on an excursion. They were we were swimming. on a yacht and we're swimming and they're and none of the Australians got in the water, but all of us dumb Americans did. <laughs> and they're laughing. Well, why are you guys getting? They're like, dude, this is what they said. They said the crocs in the water that you're swimming in kill great whites. Like, like oh, you the guys, salt water, the salt they're like, water dude, they're like, dude, we don't swim here. We're like, oh shit. So we already got out, but it was one of those kind of things where we're just these dumb <laughs> tourists. Look at like ninety percent of the like, time. Yeah, but we some of our athletes are the Australian guys, and and uh, no man, we the Aussies are fun, dude. Just in general, they they know how to have a good time. Logistically, right? Like you guys are doing all of these events. You say you went to Australia. You know all of the travel. How how do you how do you break something like that down? Right? Like how how many months ahead of time, and and how big of a team does it take to two days before? Bro, we've gone on trips to China within three days notice. Like we got to fly to China. We got to visit our factory. We got to meet this person. We got to do this. We got to, then we got to take a bus. Uh, we got to go to Italy. Then we're going to go here and do this. Not a bus from China to Italy, but we, we, we've, we do those things a lot where it's like spur of the moment. And then there's some things that are super planned out, but the majority of the stuff that we do is, it seems like probably the most notice we get 20 days. Unless we have like, we know that the world sunglass fair is in Italy during this certain time. So we'll plan for something like that. Or, um, you know, we're going to go to go uh, a lot of the same events every year that we kind of know in yeah. the time frame. But yeah, right. But like, I guess even like these monster truck events, right? Like, do you have to ahead of time, like coordinate with the facility, what vendors are going to be there and selling? Are they all going to be there? It's, are they required dude, to it, be? And this is something that I do a lot of the scheduling for that stuff. And it is, it, it's every single city is different and they all have their different rules and regulations, not just with what you're doing in the venue, but also your ticketing. I think last year we used five different ticket agencies because each little venue either does their own ticketing or they go through the rodeo grounds or you have to talk. So there's a lot to learn. Yeah. Now that we've got it downtime kind of to this science, we know this is what we have to have for this city. This is what we have to have for well, this I mean, city. But yeah, some don't even give you garbage cans. You have to get garbage. Oh, cans. you have to do. Yeah. You have to get, yeah. You have to hire crazy. and contract really? people that come in and yeah, clean like, the venue after you. And it's, there's a yeah. lot that goes, I mean, there's a lot, uh, there's a lot that goes into it. So those we plan, like all of our planning is pretty much done. Now we have a couple spots that we're locking in still, but for summer, like knowing. So this is a question that may, may not even make sense and may not even be able to be answered. But obviously being a, a business owner, we break everything down by cost. So you you approach an event like that, right? And then you start getting into, you know, you've got to pay for garbage. You have to pay for power. You have to pay. Is How does something like that work financially? Like, is it? I'll tell you how. In our world, sponsorship. So <clears throat> we were fortunate enough to have had some great sponsorships right now we have a company called soulful b cbd um we have another sponsor uh, good ranchers 
And what happens is these people um, put their money into what we like to call a co-op. It's like they take their money, they're putting it into this pot with us, and then we're doing these events using this co-op money. Yeah to put on an event where we sell tickets that make money, but also to push and promote the brands that sponsor and that are a part of what we're doing. Right. So we look at this umbrella that is Rockwell and we have Supercross, we have hill climbs, we have long drive golf tournaments, we have mud runs, we have, um, we have, um, do tour X games, we have uh, monster trucks. So we do all these different events because we're an event marketing before COVID we were doing 90 live events a year. So we would do four events in a weekend. We would, or a week, we would go golf tournament this day. We had to be super cross. And then we did kickboxing fights on Sunday. Yeah. So, you know, just depending on what the schedule looked like, we'd map it out. And then you're, you're basically going to businesses and saying, look, this is how we built our brand into the, the brand that it is today. If you want to do the same and you want to be a part of this, yeah, it's going to take a little bit of money. But all this money does is get us to the next right, thing. Right, it's going to put you on a rocket ship it's too, right? It's going to put right? you to the next thing. And so it's an easy sell. We're not, we're going to do it anyways. We don't, if we don't make a dollar from a sponsor, yeah. we still know. We're going to be there. X amount of tickets we have to sell, X amount of merch, X amount of this. We have that cost broken down before we do it. Now, the good part about it is we own the monster trucks. Yeah. Which exactly. are a big expense. If you want to do your own tour, you got to find four trucks and right out of the gate, you're spending a lot of money. To I think get my wife would cut me down if I approached her talking about in here. Well, yeah, we could get a couple in here. It's a great shop, actually. By it's, the way, it's nice. Thank you. Yeah. It's, a, it's a sweet shop. It was a, This was a, a stretch for us right off the rip, but um, I think it's paying off. And yeah, it's, it's great. It's 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 afford us to do you know something like this. Um, I I keep bringing crazy ideas to this guy. I'm like, dude let's do a podcast. He's like, what the hell are you talking about? And I was like, I was like, dude, I have a full list of names. I was sitting on an airplane and I'm like, these he are called, all, he called me on his, like, I think in the airport on getting ready to board the airplane on your way home. You go, I got an idea. Let's, let's do a do podcast. This. Let's do this. Yeah. L- l- listen to this name, a list I got. And he's got this note on his phone. It's just like, <laughs> like okay, just okay. I'm like, I don't know half these people are. Bro, bro it's two in the morning. Right. I mean, that's shit when you get home. Right. But he's also like, how do you know these people? Right. And it's, it's kind of what you talked about. Just, uh, like proximity, you know, you kind of meet somebody, um, one of the people, um, that I guess would say, put me, I guess on a, a rocket ship or an airplane to, you know, meet a lot of people was Ken Block. Um, and I've told a few people this story, but when I, when I bought this, the house that I, my wife and I currently live in, it's a half acre in Camas and it, it, uh, it doesn't have, it's not like, it's not a huge lot, but you know, it's got a decent amount of space and I, we needed to have the lot landscaped and we had a little bit of cash set aside and I was like, okay, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna just kind of find somebody. And we, I'd called a couple people and guys are, you know, 70 grand, 80 grand, 60 grand. And I'm like, okay, cool. You know, we've got the cash and, um, we, basically just couldn't find anybody to do it within a reasonable time. It was like a year out. And I'm just like, I'm not waiting this long. We've got dogs, mud. We still have dogs and mud, by the way, but that's another (laughs) story. Um, And so I bought that skid steer cash and the dump trailer that's on the other side over here. And I was like, I'll just do it myself. So started doing it myself and um, decided, I think this is something that I can do. Went down to the, the Utah Home Builders Association, which is where all the contractors license and classes are taken and issued. And, um, somebody through Lake Wake Life, who, um, was the company that I had prior to had kind of gotten involved with, you know, Ken and, and, and those guys. And, um, 
we had end up becoming kind of close family friends with them. And we were up at his ranch and I was telling Ken this idea, right? And most people kind of look at me like, dude, you're crazy. You're out of your mind. We're playing cornhole. And he's like, do it, you know? And I'm like, sweet. Yeah. Like, I don't really know who's going to hire me. And he's like, I'll hire you. And I'm like, what do you mean you're going to hire me? So we actually used that skid steer and the dump trailer to um, grade and get his like snow park done up at his ranch um, and, <laughs> That's awesome. and he told me, That's he, go, cool. he goes, um, we also want you to do this, this or that. And I was like, dude, I don't have an excavator and I need an excavator to do that. And he's like, well, what do you need? <laughs> and so he kind of gave me that push and he, he paid us up front in order to get that so that we could do that job. And it's now just leapfrogged us into everything. So that guy, um, that's awesome. Yeah. We kind of, kind of a legend, right? Yeah, in a lot of ways. Yeah. That's it, a cool story that Brian, you know, only you and a select few people know, but that's cool. Yeah. I never, I never, I do know that he was all about helping people out. That was dude, his, that dude, was his at, deal. At, at the, to be their best. So at the like celebration of life, if you want to, I don't want to go into too many details of it because it was kind of private, but, um, that's all anybody could say. Everybody's story. It didn't matter if it was Rob Deerdeck, if it was Travis or, you know, who it was, they just kind of spoke to how that guy pushed them even to to do anything right. Like you would never have thought that that guy pushed someone to be a landscaper. Right. You know what I mean? And I don't want to say he pushed me into it, but he certainly helped facilitate sure. you know? off the ledge. A little right. Bit. Right. Cause there was a lot of things we wouldn't have been able to do, um, to, to, to do that. But, um, oh, that's a cool story. Yeah. A little, it's awesome. a little bit on the, on the, the random side, but yeah, that's kind of how we ended up here. That's um, cool. And then the the podcast just kind of came from that. Uh, I was just like, you know, let's uh, let's, let's do it. it. <laughs> Got some time off. It's winter. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, muddy and cold and shitty. That's yeah, we don't, we don't. Good for you. We don't like plowing Fun. snow, but I love podcasts. I listen to a lot of them and done quite a few. And yeah, they're it's, it's fun. It's, it's cool a good format, time. right? You get to really dive in and find out about a person and their beliefs and all that. So it's cool. And I think too, on this platform, right? Like people come there like, well, what's your show about? And I'm like, it's the shit show. It's about anything and everything, right? Like we can talk about, you know, puking. We can talk about partying. We can talk about business. I mean, there's, <laughs> it's endless. I mean, it, it, it can basically take any, any avenue. Um, one thing that we kind of talked about off camera was you fought, uh, Steve yeah. Razor Sharp. Razor. So, my mom um, married my now stepdad, and his sister uh, is Steve's mom. So that's how oh, really? how we're related. But yeah, Steve's a stud man. Steve was one of these guys that once again he you know when Steve started fighting, it was before it is what it is. But Steve stuck in it, and he stuck around. Where I for I kind of got out of it. I had some some really good fights, and I only lost three times and one of those losses was to Steve Sharp. And so, um, but that's okay. Steve's a tough guy and he, he's uh, proven himself time and time again that he was the underdog in a lot of his fights, probably more than half where people thought, who is this pasty kind of doughy dude? My favorite people to watch fight tattoos and take care. And then he just beat the shit out of guys yeah. that were. Did he have pink hair like when Adonis. he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pink hair. Uh, he always had his nails how, painted. Yeah. How did he beat you? Was it submission? KO? No, so we were fighting. This was even before there was cages. We fought in a ring, and um, once again, I'm a wrestler, so my stand up wasn't very good. Steve has really, Steve is Steve is an accurate puncher. Um, he can <laughs> he could punch a fly out of the air like he's really accurate puncher and. We came in and man, I thought I could throw a couple punches and take him down. And and uh, 
and it didn't work. I, I tried to close the distance. It didn't work. And we separated and I threw a kick and he checked it with the, with his knee and it smashed the top of my foot. And when I went to step back, I was like, Oh, there's something wrong. And he saw it in my eyes. Like, Oh, this dude's a wounded deer. <laughs> and so he literally, I'm kind of backing up and I'm like, Whoa, Whoa. Cause I knew something was wrong. And he's just starts blapping me. Bap, 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 bap. And like my head goes through the ropes and the referee's trying to get in the middle and he's punching me over the top of the rope, <laughs> like through the rope. And I'm trying to get myself out of it and People step back on my it. foot again. And my, and I knew at that point it was, so it was over. And you're not even, like, you're not even fighting just him at this point. You're fighting the ropes, the ref and my foot, the ropes. The ref, yeah. But he, I mean, I mean, I tell, you know, he, he beat me, you know, I mean, that's what happens in a fight, right? It's any part of your body can be a weapon. And he, he took a took one of my weapons away and took full advantage of it and kicked my ass through the ropes and so, um, but yeah, that like I said, that's one of my I have three losses, and uh, that was one of them. So, Hell yeah, yeah. But Steve's that's- Steve's a solid dude and he stuck around in the sport. He's a legend here in the state of Utah in combat sports. And I I always thought Steve could have done could have been in the UFC. There's things that dude could have done, but I just think there's you know man when you're a fighter there's you're you know if you don't have the luxury of just training and fighting, which Steve didn't, he had to have a job and he had a child and he had to do things that were, you know, not a typical of a professional athlete. And, and having that, I don't, I think that could have, I think that hindered Steve. I don't think he was able to um, do the things he wanted to do full time to become a full time professional mixed martial artist. I think, yeah, I mean, that, and that's unfortunate. I, I think um, it does take a lot of time, dedication, money, because you have to be able to feed yourself, right? Um, and if you're not making money, then, you know. You yeah, and, and at that time, I mean, when we first, when we all first started, I mean, your payment was a, a beer at the end of the night like that. I mean, he was straight yeah, people in. People didn't even drink contracts and yeah, didn't have salaries. It was not, I mean, you were just going in to, to do it. You'd rather fight there and not go to jail. And that's really what a lot of the, I mean, we saw a lot of people that came through the doors that fought, um, you know, just because man, it was something to do. Right. I, th- I think, and I could be wrong here and somebody can correct me uh, in the comments, but I think he actually had like a ticket onto ultimate fighter or something. And his daughter was born and he didn't end up going. Yeah. I, I don't, that, and that could very well, like I said, Steve was, Steve was bound for the, and, 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 and I, and now that Steve didn't fight, he just never fought at the level of the of the UFC, right? What yeah, it is the NFL for our sport. Um, but he fought in other professional organizations and did well and did some great things. But yeah. as far as like the pinnacle, which is the UFC, he never yeah. he never. Well, he puts a show on too. I mean, yeah. he's oh yeah, he's no, cocky. Sure. Yeah, no. he's he'd be too old by now, anyways, right? Well, he I was at he so not too. They invited me. I just mean at that level. Like, yeah, dude. I mean, no, there's, yeah, guys now are starting training when they're three years old and they're, you know, I think the youngest guy in the UFC right now was 17 when they signed his contract. Yeah. That, that, that is it the Mexican kid? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. dude. Yeah. It's tough. UFC is insane. I can't remember brain farting his name right now, but, but yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that, you know, when you get into your late twenties, early 30, mid 30, like then you've aged out. I mean, and there's the, there's the, you know, there's the exception, Randy Couture, you know, the guy was 40, yeah. I think, when he won his last championship with the UFC. So there there are those dudes, but... Well, I mean, John Jones is... You know, is 38. He, and he just called out uh, uh, Stipe, is that who Yeah, Stipe, yeah, they're, yeah, they're going to be fighting, yeah, for sure. They'll, they'll, they're going to end up making that happen. That would be that would be gnarly. Taylor, have you ever let him punch you? Absolutely not. What about I'm Rattler? a lover, no. I'm a lover, <laughs> not a fighter. You know, there's... I've never not felt safe with Johnny, like... 
if you're at a bar or whatever, you just <laughs> takes care of you. Well, once again, I mean, you know, yeah, but everybody knows feel, everybody knows yeah, him but anyways. He, but he just <laughs> he just never feel like he, like if something happened, he would be yeah. right. Yeah. There. So that's actually why. Well, I, let me tell you a funny story about that. Just <laughs> recently, so it was last year. It was uh, a bir- birthday. It was my birthday, and we went. Um, we got a bunch of friends. And we went to uh, this little dive bar over in Murray and it was karaoke. And so we, we reserved all the tables and there was 50 of us there and wives and, you know, husbands and all, and just our solid group of people. And Rich was there, my partner and his wife may have been the third, second or third time she's probably ever been in a bar bar, but they're there and we're hanging out. And this guy, um, there's these two dudes and they're just, they're, they're not, they're not getting the vibe that we're all together and they're like, they're being, one of those being uncomfortable and they're doing things like, like, like one of the guys comes up to me and he licks his finger and rubs it down the front of my glasses. And I'm like, what the hell? It's weird. Yeah. Weird. Okay, dude, but I'm in a good mood and I'm having some drinks and eating and whatever. Everyone's having a good time. But I was like, that's kind of weird. <laughs> and then I'm looking across the bar and I'm talking to some friends and I see him like standing behind my wife and he's like, Giving her the hump motion, and Ooh, I was you like, "You don't do that." Uh oh. Uh oh. I was like, "Okay, dude, we're all like this. We're cool. Who doesn't cool. have an idea? Doesn't have a clue. Maybe he's drunk, you know." Yeah. So then, kind of the last straw was we had reserved all these tables, and they come, and these two dudes sit down right in the middle of everybody at one of the tables. I was like, "All right, th- obviously these dudes, they're either trying to pick a fight or they just don't get it." So when I said, "Hey guys, these are all reserved. You need to get up and you need to move." Need, you need to get up out of this area. And there's lots of places back there you can sit, but you can't sit here. Yeah, there's and they, plenty of And they kind of laugh. And they go, like, what the fuck are you going to do about it? Yeah. Like, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to fucking throw you out of this bar if you don't move. <laughs> and he stood up and he stepped toward me. And I've been in enough of these that I know he's going he's gonna to throw a punch. Yeah. So I don't let him. Bow, man. I bap him right in the mouth. Boom. <laughs> and normally, so this is where this kind of yeah. is going. Normally... When I hit someone in that circumstance like that, they're done. Like I'm not trying to, bra- but like they'll you draw. Know how to throw yeah. a punch. Because, well, because yeah, you know, they're, I can tell you right now, if I get hit in the face, especially it's, from you, it's yeah. really a pretty good clean shot. And I, you know how to, do and it. I've done it yeah. enough and I've been in enough of these to know, man, I'm not going to let this guy get off. And, and you know, so I'm thinking, man, I'm going to, ba- so bram, I, I smash him. And the people with you know. And he steps back. Yo, dude, he steps back. His whole family's with him. I mean, everybody. Dude, and some yeah. of our, and this is the thing, like, these guys were really brazen because some of the dudes I hang out, like, these guys are like my brothers, but they're knuckleheads, dude. They're, I, I've got a friend named Todd. He's like 6'2", and he weighs like 400 pounds, and he's massive, and he's a fireman, and he's tougher than hell. And then some of the other dudes I'm with are former professional fighters. And, like, anyways, so, like, I punch him. He doesn't drop, but he takes a couple steps back, and his eyes are kind of rolling. Dude, that place erupts. Like tables flipping over, food, drinks going, dude. Like things are going crazy. <laughs> but there's only two of them, right? No. Oh, they're like a motorcycle gang. Oh. So there's like a motorcycle gang <laughs> that we did not know about. This but I guess of anarchy place shit. often in cause fights. And so the joke of it is now it's like, man, I'm 44. I'm not punching any. I might as well throw a napkin at you because right. that punch didn't work. You know, it didn't drop in which I thought that it would have, but it didn't. And so all my friends kind of tease me. They're like, you lost it, dude. You don't got it anymore. You don't have You've that 22 step no more. You lost the touch. So my wife's like, and oh, we were never finding out if you have it because I'll kill you the next Wait, time. Wait, so how did that, how did that close out? Did you oh, just- Ma'am. Well, closed out by um, some of the guys 
you know, we're kind of in a panic because well, Rich and his poor wife, she's never going to a bar again. So she is like, ah. Rich is like, get in the, like, hides her in the bathroom. <laughs> we're worried because these guys, according to the staff, they're kind of knuckleheads and they could have guns, you know? And so I'm like, well, shit, what do we do? <laughs> so I pick up the phone and I call the cops and I'm like, hey, these guys me. got guns. They've got Shit, I don't want because I don't want to walk out of there and get shot, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know that everyone's with you. Oh, dude, I have all the friends, and you know, no, no one was so. I was like, shots fired. These guys have got guns. <laughs> dude, the cops come in like the cavalry, dude. I think the motorcycle guys heard them from like a mile away, and they jumped on their bikes and got the hell out of there. Birthday cake on your hands, oh, dude. It was all your presents. Crazy. Yeah, I left him there. I had to go back the next day. No, in fact, I sent my wife because that's the word. Like they end up like kicking us out. They're like, "You guys, yeah, you, you know, gotta leave, man, you gotta leave too." And we're like, "Okay, you know, fine by us." He said, "Fine, we'll go to my house." Yeah, that's what we ended up doing, but but yeah, it was just kind of a funny story that you know, I just I don't have it. Like, I, so you may need to be a little worried, Taylor. For I'm not confident. We go out. I'm fast too. Yeah, I that's why I tell people like I'm quick, man. I'm out. There, I'm running. I was talking to my uncle who, um, his son, I think he's like 11, 10 years old. He's my cousin. Um, and he's recently gotten involved in jujitsu, karate, taekwondo, wrestling. I mean, every, everything, every class you can take for anything physical, <laughs> the, the kid's in it. He's like fully, fully involved. And my uncle was telling me, he's like, dude, you got to watch out for people nowadays, right? Like the everyday skinny beanpole dude standing at the bar could triangle you and just kick the shit out of you like two two punches right and i'm like we, not me like, man what, what, what are the protocols like what what's the look at sean o'malley what's the lowest weight oh you got guys that are 135 dude i didn't i wore the seventh grade tell me that much i was i i weighed that much out of high yesterday. school yesterday yeah no i graduated high school i was 132 my fight weight was 155 I'm, i've got you guys beat i'm quite quite a bit heavier than that now but um, I can tell you that one of the one of the questions that we would always get asked when we would want to do a fight because remember we did fights every weekend. Ninety percent of the fights we did were at bars that yeah. had enough space that we could set up a ring or a cage and do fights in. But um, when we would do a nicer venues like the UCC Event Center, Maverick Center, the the Delta well, it wasn't even the Delta Center then. I can't even remember. It was what was after the Delta Center? Energy Solutions. Energy, energy Solutions. Yeah. So when we did fights at Energy Solutions. Um, one of the questions was, well, do we need to hire 50 more security guards for the stands? And no, the we got Johnny. Was, well, no, the reply was no, because, and, and here's the reason why is because when you go to a fight show and we were established at this point, like you never knew, no fights ever got happened in the stands yeah. because you never knew who you were picking a fight with. Yeah. And the toughest guys on the planet weren't the ones picking fights anyways. And so if a tough guy wanted to come, we would just sign them up and they'd come fight and show you how tough they really were. Yeah. Or they never picked fights in the crowd because dude, yeah, you never know the guy that's skinny, that weighs 150 pounds and choke your ass out. Well, even right. nowadays girls, you oh, never man, know. Yeah. Oh dude, <laughs> anyone and everyone like you want to yeah. fight, see you later. Yeah. That's like, you remember Bryson? Yeah. Um, there was a time in high school where, um, there was a, uh, some deal with his girlfriend, some at the time. And, and there was this group of poly kids. Um, yeah, I remember I was there at Bountiful, dude. And holy shit, something was about to start going down. And Bryson's like looking around for help. I'm gone, brother. Like, <laughs> yeah, gone. These guys are four times my size. One of them, mind you. And there's like six, dude. <laughs> and, and and I, I, I'm like, no, like I, I'm I, gone. I'm out. Yeah. 
One, just because they're bigger than me, like sure. and I, I don't know how to fight. Well, that's you made the wise choice. I, I would say so. Now your friend might not think so. Did he get his ass kicked? Uh, I think he, they 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 thought he was saying something else, and it was end up being a misunderstanding. I wasn't there to find out. You were gone. I was gone. Um, but it, I, gone. I I think it turned out in his favor. But uh, jeez. But yeah. he, no, thank you. And and Bryce is not the type of kid to back down from a fight either. Like, and he was doing, I think. He was doing like some MMA classes and stuff like you know, that. Dude, nowadays, man, I mean, and even back when I, I mean, I'm 44. So even back then, high school fights and out of high school, you know, man, maybe the worst I had to worry about was a chain or a bat or a knife. But dude, nowadays, it's just not worth it. No. I mean, you never know when some, there's crazy it's, people out there and they will shoot your ass, you yeah, know, and that's I, same thing that's with the truth. The you know, same thing with road rage. Yeah. Yeah. You see well, people, you've seen it's happened here a couple of times, you know. Yeah. There was a guy that, just recently, um, you know, lost his life, was got gunned down at a Maverick right close to my house because of road rage, pulled over, went after a guy, the guy pulled the gun and shot him. And that, come on, that dude had a family, had three kids, yeah. like, you know, over something so stupid, like, fuck, it is, you know, just at that point, like, earlier. Something just take dumb. a deep yeah. breath, count to five, and just let the dude flip you off and cut you off. I mean, it's not worth it. I'm a grandpa driver. Now, there was a time. No. Now there was a time that I wasn't. Let me drive. I'm like, I can drive, and he's like, you drive way. Now there's now there's a time in my life when I didn't feel that way, right? I, yeah. It, and I, I think I, Mike's in that stage you right know, now. I, there was a couple times where I'm not going to pull a gun on anyone. No, but you might get one pulled on you. I never. I don't flip people. Are you off. I just. Oh, oh. I, oh, I'm terrible, dude. I have to hang <laughs> I up. Just don't I have like, to hang up phone calls with him. Oh, my We're wife. Phone. My wife will be calling me. It's like, some of you front. You stupid son of a bitch. And <laughs> yeah, dude. We're. We're on the there. Yeah. Hello. 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 We're on the phone, and he, and I'm like, hey, dude. So we're gonna line out. We're gonna do this and that tomorrow. This fucking cocksucker, beep beep, get out of my way! God damn it! And he's just. But I'm doing it inside my car, Miles. Yeah. Some road raging. Dude, I just hang up. Oh, oh, no. I don't want to listen. Yeah. No, I. I mean, I've I've gone. I mean, I've been arrested for being, you know, for that. So I I can tell you that that, that it happens. Wait, you were the rager. Yeah, or yeah. just got into it. With no, no, somebody. I got into it. Well, I got. I had a guy follow me to my house after we got into it verbally on the road, and my roommate. Yeah, that's crossing the time, line. You don't follow somebody. Dude, he followed me to that. my house. My roommate is a Salt Lake City police officer. Were you already on the phone before, like you had got home, or no? Like, what do you mean? You followed them home? Or no, no, no. He followed me home, and I knew. I mean, I could see. You know. I'm, so he was the rager. He well, it was both, right? So, but he followed he me to my house. Following. He followed me, and I, he came up to my car, and I'm in my car, and but, but it could have very easily been the other way around because I've got another story about that too. But so what happens is he come to my car. Up next, I jumped out. <laughs> he flicked a cigarette in my face as I'm in my car, so I jumped out and I fucking beat this guy. Boom, bang. About a bam, bam, beat it. Sounds like it sounds like a 1990s cartoon. Then, then he went inside. He's like, well, then I was like, dude. And the guy we had a girl with him, and the girl was like, "Yeah, blah, blah, blah. And the dude was laid out <laughs> dude, on the that's, road. That's the worst. So I was like, watch cops. I go inside, and I was like, Mike, open the garage door. So he opened the garage door where his cop car is. I could see it was a cop, but didn't stop him. He kept he trying didn't to get onto my pro the property. And my I was like, dude, if you step back on, he's bleeding. His I was like, if you step back onto this property, I'm gonna punch you again. He came back on this, bam, and so and so oh, bang, she bang, called bang, the bang. cops. The cops came. And they talked to me and they talked to him and they talked to her and I'm inside and my roommate's a cop now, mind you. And he's like, dude, I can tell by the way those cops talk to you, you're going to jail. 
I was like, no, I'm not. I'm not going to jail. The guy followed me home. Yeah. It's like, I know, but you punched him and he's bleeding and he's got a witness and they can, I can just tell you. You're good. Within two minutes, they knocked on the door and they're like, you need to come with us. I was supposed to be going out with my wife that night. We were going to, she wasn't my wife at the time. My girlfriend, we were going to go to this place and get pizza with all of our friends and I couldn't go out to go to jail. So I spent a night in jail. Did you have to pay to get out or did they just release you? No, I didn't have to pay. I didn't have to pay to get out. It wasn't, like it wasn't a cool like a bail situation. Right. It was like they, it's, it's almost like a court arrest. They take you down, they book you, you spend the night and then they released me. Did you have and to, go, I see to, go, to a go to judge? Oh yeah. yeah, I had to go through all that process. Yeah. Dude, gnarly. Yeah, a couple times. Have you ever been, have you ever been arrested, Taylor? No. Because you've done some, you're kind of like the crazy, the crazy man. Fast. I have one topic actually specifically I want to ask you guys about, um, and it's based on you as an individual, just your personality. What are Rockwell's Halloween parties like? Wild. Oh, we've had some fun ones. Yeah, we uh, we we do take it pretty serious. But Taylor's diaper. Taylor's worn a diaper, full on, just a diaper, diaper and an old man uh, mask. Uh, and a, depends models, but I was. That's what I called it. Yeah, you were. That's right. Yeah, they're fun. We've, as the crew's shortened a little bit, we don't have such a massive staff as we did at one time. Yeah. But we would all, it was but kind of mandatory. It, but like it's a whole family affair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 True treating. Everybody so. get dressed up and, and do the damn thing. But at the compound, oh. would you say that's the biggest party of the year? Or do you guys kind of just do it up for everything? We have people at the compound all the time. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, it's such a, a We're getting group old. Up there. But yeah, we, you know, we have the CrossFitters there. We do like, high fitness we do we've done barbecues for the firemen and the police officers and we try to we try to utilize that space as much as we can it's kind of hard during these months yeah um you know it's cold it's rainy it's shitty outside but like summer months we'll do a lot up at the facility we'll do it we'll do a lot up there so you mentioned you know, just cold and everything like that and you guys do a lot of events uh i'm going backwards a little bit you said you did how many events was it a year so pre-covid we were doing 90 about 90 live events a year that's yeah so to move into events during COVID and you, you said you're a huge MMA fan and, you know, obviously Dana White, you know, kind of created the bubble in, in Abu Dhabi. Yeah, and, kept, and, and kept his, kept his fighters kept, on the roster and right. kept, kept fights going. Kept it Had going. a lot of people going. I mean, that yeah, was like I mean, the only thing to watch. That they've, got, the, they've got 500 players. That lawnmower racing on ESPN, that was like all that right. was really going on. Right. So he's now parlayed into, which all I see on TikTok now are, are the slap the That's slap power slap. Yeah, I watched. I watched the championships on Saturday. I mean, wait. So, so that's what. I, I, I can't seem to find one person that's just the badass, right? Yeah, like they, every they, video they do see, now. There's just like a thousand people. No, yeah. So they've now that they've centralized power slap yeah. and that Dana's bought into it, they treat it like a like a UFC fight. They mean they have the announcers. They come out of a corner. They're you know, like they, Forrest Griffin is one of the guys that catches the people. Yeah, yeah. Well, they so it's still it's regulated. So they still have the Nevada State commission that's involved and so you can become a referee anybody be can become a, a referee in like if you want to be a referee here in the state of utah you can go down you take your test you get your license and you can referee fight don't step out of the square one point yeah so so yeah so these guys have obviously got their licenses and they're now um licensed referees but yeah so the way the so the power slap thing man it's really fun it's entertaining i mean i get a kick out of it. this guy's gonna be like in five years yeah they're gonna yeah. Be, that one Gnarly. Not be good I for your brain. The longevity is not that. I don't think there is a lot of that, length. That's what this. I mean, though. So, so like right now, you have your champions that they crowned on Saturday: heavyweight. Um, I believe it was heavyweight, light heavyweight. Does your weight matter? Middle, and yeah, 
it matters, right? Yeah, I'm not going to slap you I'm, as hard as he's going to slap you. Yeah, if, I'm not going to hit you as hard as a 300-pound dude's going to slap you, right? That's well, a lot of kinetic energy. Okay, a lot of force, okay. Right? I see that. But, but there are probably smaller people that have good technique that are just ridiculous, but right? I yeah, guess. but here's the thing, man, and this is... <laughs> The technique seemed to me to be all except one fight is don't lose the coin toss. Because if you lost the coin toss and you got slapped first, 95% of the fights ended after the first slap. Oh, really? And they're knocked well, out. And you've already took and your first hit. And you're you're knocked out. You're well, no, they never got a second hit. They just smacked the dude and the dude dropped and that was it. So only one fight went where the guy smacked him. That makes no sense. Yeah, that's covered. How is that a, covered? And then he got to smack the dude and he knocked him out. So how is that like, I mean, from a business perspective, I don't see, I mean, obviously you're getting mad views, right? But to build like the Conor McGregor, the John Jones, the GSPs, you know, the, these huge, huge names. Do people really care to they just like watch right, That's what I mean. Who cares? Or you just want to watch somebody get the fucking snot slapped I, I, out of them. I think, I think it's both because dude, I mean, you know, they can create characters. Some of these dudes are just naturally characters, right? Like the that, main event was between a guy called the mechanic and the, or no, it wasn't, it was the Wolverine versus someone on a camera but I don't want to get in claw. But these dudes are not athletes they're not built like that you know. and the goofiest part was that I thought was there was one announcer that she was really terrible but 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 they also had like really they, like you know like before a fight you see the montage of a dude in the gym yeah. doing jujitsu and punching bags maybe Slapping a couple highlights from his old fights dude they did it was like they showed a bag <laughs> they showed a bag and then the dude sleeping the bag and I was like, that is the dumbest shit I've, I've ever seen. Wine. Wait, that's like Kev's warm-up? That was that was that was the montage. That was like the highlight montage oh. was just him <laughs> slapping the bag. Like him sitting in his like him sitting in his locker room. <laughs> yeah. Dude, dude, dude. Not wine color. I, I, I swear to God, it was Rocky music and the dude's the dude's dude, just dude, slapping dude, the dude. bag. What is serious? Like when you go oh, serious? I mean, these guys are making money. How much? You can't be I bet, I bet they, I bet the champions made five grand. I was going to say between five and 10. Grand. No, no way. It's more than that. It might be more. Absolutely not. I mean, you're that, talking about, you mean you're talking about, yeah, but the UFC also, they viewers, you know, they yeah, but you listen to like, yeah, but you listen to like, I mean, only the top few guys are really, really making money in the UFC when it comes to like the, the revenue share. Right. Cause you listen to like, you probably aren't fans, but like the Paul brothers, right? And, and oh, listen, total fan. Listen I mean, those guys them. are doing something fucking amazing. Yeah, I think I think it's crazy. That it's one of my favorite podcasts to listen to. One because I like their guests, and then I just I'm like a huge the, WWE fan. The too, breakdown. Though. Are you actually? I'm, yeah, I I want to go in a couple weeks. I'm going. Where's it at? Maverick Center. Maverick Center oh, it's going to be here. Yeah, yeah. So you guys time. got the, you guys have the hookup. We need. I'm trying. We're working on it. I'm waiting on Johnny. No, we've got a good relationship with the guys at Maverick. They're studs, man. They're that uh, yeah, It's so fun. They're Maverick. It's fun to go. Just leave a leave a pass in your back pocket. I'll go. Okay, I'll I'll let you know. I'm a, I'm in. Taylor hit Dude. me up six months ago. Did you? I know? left that place. I couldn't even walk. Like I was. Just hey, brother. I think. I think. Uh, I think. What? Here my phone. I'll show you some pictures of me WWE and. We gotta. We gotta see this. I. I think what they have done. Um. To, to transition into the space is just it's mind blowing. Like you look at what they're even doing with Prime, um, with Logan. Oh yeah, and insane. No, those guys are hey, Jeffy, dude. Anybody, so anybody, anybody stepping off the road that, has, that thing where they launched and met in the middle, that was crazy. Yeah, like he's way athletic. Yeah, yeah. The you know if there's people out there that bash the, I mean those. Two dudes are that's their that's the American dream, and they're living it and they're doing it. They're making their own rules. 
they're doing it. And you know, people are like, well, Paul's, I'm like, dude, that dude is an athletic. He can throw a punch. He knows how to move. That dude's a fighter. Yeah. That dude is a fighter. And for him to fight, even, you know, the fury fight that just happened, like that fury dude, that dude's no joke. He's been boxing his entire life. Yeah. Hold on. You can swap. Well, he even said that. He's like, yeah. He's a boxer. He even hey. gave him, he gave him credit after the fight. Oh, yeah. He's, he's hey. a boxer. Hey, he's these, we're, we're going to get these pictures that I'm looking at yeah, right now. We're, we're going to put, we're going to put them up in the. Taylor is a yeah. WWE guy. Yeah. Holy. Yeah, I'm not a champion. <laughs> Bro. We shaved my head that night and I got home. Mike, come, ah. go, come grab this and look at this. Mohawk, my friend shaved and it was all jacked up. Yeah, he's ridiculous. That's, There's a video of me calling out uh, Ronda Rousey, dude. She didn't. I mean, I she didn't, oh, she, she didn't, didn't respond. She didn't respond, but that is that is. I straight. can't believe she didn't. That is straight what comedy, Taylor. I can't believe she didn't, dude. Taylor, I, I was uh, I was hoping that I was I was going to see you on a skid steer with uh, the Diesel Bros clearing snow there in California. Uh, I would, but I Taylor has work. way too much shit to do. <laughs> Taylor is behind the, he's under the gun. So, I mean, you don't have to necessarily, I guess, give specific numbers, but how does the ownership of Rockwell work? And so, um, Rich is the majority owner and then we have specific employees that have ownership, right? Yeah. That he's, that he's passed he, on, but he's the majority. And so, yeah. So then you just look at how tenure, how long, you know, Taylor's and been around. You own part of the company as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that is awesome. Yep. So yeah, it's, I mean, right now the core, I mean, the base is me, Taylor and Rich, right? That have, there are some other employees that have a little bit of ownership, but they're no longer with the company, Okay. but their ownership is still standing, right? So right. Yeah, we ever sold the it, company, you can't, just take, it can't away. take it away. So yeah. So if we were to ever sell, and there's been some employees that we've gotten their ownership back, right? We've made deals with them. We've worked and paid and or yeah. what, got their ownership back um, just because, man, we want to have as much control as we can. But here's the thing, like. Man, we we're 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 doing really well. Yeah, we've had some really even through COVID like really amazing years, and this year is probably will be one of our best years ever. And um, oh, yeah. we have some amazing partners. Our our friends over at Mountainland Supply they're a huge uh, supporter of Rockwell, and we do a ton of business with them. We buy from them. Yeah, great, great, <clears throat> great culture, great people. Like some of my favorites on the planet are the are the men and women over at Mountainland Supply. But um. But, um, yeah, it's, it's like for us, um, you know, we, we have, we're going to have an amazing year, but like our plan is never to sell this thing. Like we're having too much fun, dude. We get to get up in the morning. We work out at our gym together as a team. Sometimes I'm not there. Sometimes Taylor's not there, but we go there as a plan to work out at the CrossFit gym as a team. We have an amazing coach. Her name's Mandy puts us through a workout and then man, we get to hang out and we get to, we get to do the things we love. We get, if Taylor needs to take time to do things like be with his family or go on a cruise or Taylor can do that. Right. Yeah. Our employees, yeah. like we listen to what they say. We want to, we want to contribute to the betterment of their lives. Not only make sure that they're taken care of financially, but also what is your quality of life? Yeah. And the cool part is we do really fun events. We get to do things that people pay money to do and we just get to do them. And so, um, we're fortunate. The rock was that we type just of company. get to do them. We just get to do them. Well, that's so, one thing that Rich is always, I've always really looked up to him for is he's like, man, it's not about making a bunch of money. It's about experiences. Yeah. And he says, you don't always have to have the most money to have an experience. Right. You know, be creative and you can have experiences that no money in the world can even can buy. buy. And that's one thing that he's taught me over years is look, don't, don't worry about, I mean, don't get me wrong. You want to be able to be financially 
good and everything, but he's like, you can do so much more if you're creative. Yeah. And kind of like how he started the rental business. He's like, dude, I wanted to own a boat or I wanted to own a Ferrari. And what he's a, like, what a rental. So he back way in the day. Yeah. He had like a business. <laughs> That's how he started. He, yeah. he wanted, he was like, man, I would love to have four wheelers and he couldn't afford it. So he was like, all right, start a business. I'm going to buy them and I'll rent them. I'll rent them out. He had Ferraris. <laughs> he had all this crazy stuff. And he's like, I just took a chance and I had that experience for free because Did, I just could you imagine it. how much more loaded this guy would have been had YouTube and all the social media <laughs> been around back back in the day and someone like just kind of followed someone like that around oh rich rich is <laughs> to document that oh he's a very he's been he's done a lot of podcasts himself because he's a very he's a very interesting guy but he's also a brilliant when it comes to business and, and relationships and yeah, man, it's taught me a ton. Like I, we learn something new every single day, every day yeah. um, at Rockwell. But man, we're, I mean, we're super blessed. Like I tell people all the time, like dude, there's just not another job on the planet that I'd rather be doing yeah. than this with yeah. the people that I'm doing it with. Right. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty well. It's, you know, and there's these memes about, Oh, our work's a family, but dude, our work is like, we're family, dude. Like we fight, we fight our ass. Like there's times I want to choke Taylor. Me and Johnny and there's times like wants yelling to fight me. But it's like, dude, at the end of the day, man, we come together, we hug it out. Like, let's get, let's get to the core of the it's problem. Been a while though. Did you get those stickers done yet, <laughs> Taylor? Resolve. I mean, we're working on it. Some stickers and we got a new printer and it's, we're working on it. The signs, right? You're for, doing. Yeah. For us, like we're that same way too. And if we can find a way to own it and not have to buy it from someone else, that's what we want to do. We don't like to outsource. We like. Oh, we know we, we, we use a lot of banners. We make a lot of stickers. We do a lot. So it's like, or we need a lot of that stuff. And so it's like. Why don't we just do, do it, it yourself? Let's buy the machine, yeah. learn it, and do it. And so, I mean, at one point in time, when we, if you wanted to customize a watch, we had to send it to Canada. We had to get the watch, get your design, send it to Canada, and it would be gone for three or four months. Nobody wants it. And that. then we would get, it would come back. Well, it's hard. That's, that's a hard conversation hard. to have. It's hard when you're selling. When you're trying to sell, right? And so we're like, dude, what do we got to do? And I'm telling you, figure it out as Taylor's motto because he's like, let's get the shit. I'll figure it out. Figure it out. Now, I could give Taylor a 3000 watch custom job and not even worry one second that it won't get done to the specifications that the client wants. And they walk out of there beaming because it's done. Yeah. And, and in two weeks and you got three months and you guys do a lot of like co-branded type stuff, right? Like, um, ton of customers. My, my old yeah. job, um, one of the, one of the partners, Valcom, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. They, they I think it was the writer. Yeah, that, it was that the, watch. yeah, yep, yep. Uh, I'll see him. Yeah. yeah, and they uh, branded with their logo. Yeah, like friends that we've done stuff with Diesel Power Nine Line. I mean, we've done all their watches. Yeah, I probably have. I mean, I, have so I probably have 150 clients that we've made custom stuff for, right? So whether it's sunglasses with their logo or a full face of a watch or a complete custom watch that we don't even sell, yeah. that we designed specifically for a customer, we've done those before, um, and so. Uh, yeah, we 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 look at anytime that someone needs something for a gift, an incentive, an award, a milestone, a watch is a really cool thing to give away. And we can put the personal touch on it by adding a logo or the person's name, how yeah, long they've yeah, been yeah. with the company. Like there's things that we can do on watches and sunglasses that um, you know, that that make it special for a person to receive, not just a cool watch. Right. How how does the sales conversation go in today's world? Obviously, with technology, I respected the brand. I don't have an Apple Watch on. <laughs> um, but how does a sales conversation go when you know people go? Maybe they've never heard of Rockwell before, right? Yeah. And they're like, "Well, you know, I have a 
a Casio at home, right? Or I have, you know, an Apple watch and why do I need your watch? I think a lot of it is that experience. We, a lot of the people we meet, we don't just, we don't really like call, you know, door to door. We don't do that. It's, we meet them at a golf tournament or meet them at an event. And a lot of times it's just the icebreaker and they hang out with us for 10 minutes and they're like, they like your story. So they want to wear your watch. Yeah. They see what we we represent. Right. Like, you know, obviously we're still involved in a lot of action sports. We're still involved in these different sporting events and and events in general, but also dude, like police, fire, military, like those dudes all have each other's back and they know we support the causes and we know that we have their back. So it's not, but, but if they've never heard of the brand, it's a conversation of this is what we are. Yep. These are the things that we represent. Here's the two minute elevator pitch on Rockwell time. And we're a lifestyle brand, but we also do all these different things. We're really more of a, you know, we say it all the time. And, and I think I've said it here is we're more of a, a marketing agency that sells a watch and sunglass. Like we do so many events and we're out in the community and doing so many different things that um, we use everything that we do as a springboard for the brand. So, um, you know, we get hit up a lot to do events and be a part of things. And we look at these options, it's, or these things is like, is it good for the community? Yeah. Is there a charity component? Is there a chance to sell at the event and make money? And is there a chance for corporate business? Yeah. And if it fits usually three of those things, then we'll jump on board. Right. Um, and, and when we'll be a part of it. And, and then from there we've gone, you know, just from doing event to really taking over and then doing our own events. Yeah. I view you guys more as like a brand for fucking everything, I guess. Right. Like I don't, I don't just think of a watch when I, when I see Rockwell, I think of super cross and like action sports. And it's almost like I would say, um, obviously not as big, but the comparison of like Red Bull, right? Yes, they're an energy drink, but there's so much more, yeah. right? They they encapsulate everything action sports, social media, creativity, content. Like yeah. they're they're the kind of one-stop shop for that type of thing. And I would say, you know, not to downplay Rockwell, but I would say you are definitely the Utah um version of that. And uh I think it's really cool, like the culture and brand that you guys have created. Cool. Um and I, uh, I guess we'll, 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 we'll wrap it up on that, but do you, do you guys, uh, have anything to shout out, you know, where, where people can find you? Johnny's that guy. Yeah. Well, um, obviously online at uh, rockwelltime.com. You can go there, uh, all year long. We do what our hero program is that if you buy uh, any hero watch, um, and, and you can find the banners on our website, but if you buy a watch, uh, that's police, fire, military, we will give you another watch. And what we want you to do is take that watch and give it to a policeman or to a fireman. We want you to kind of pay it forward. We're not one of the companies that say, let buy a watch and we'll give it away. We want you to do it. So buy a watch, get a watch for free. Hopefully you give that to a policeman or a fireman or a member of our military. Um, uh, once again, rockwelltime.com. And a shout out to our sponsors, uh, Soulful B CBD, an amazing CBD product. If um, holistic, these guys are phenomenal. They make a quality a CBD product for sleep and, 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 uh, endurance. And then also a good ranchers. They are a, an amazing brand out of uh, Texas. Uh, if we all eat meat, well, not all of us, but I eat a lot of yeah, meat. Yeah, we eat meat. So we get these, uh, they, 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 uh, specialize in subscription boxes of, for meat. So chicken steaks, hamburger, okay. phenomenal company, goodranchers.com. So if you check them out, but other than that, dude, thanks for your time. Thank you guys. That's a yeah. good time. So thank Hell you. Yeah. Oh. That's a yeah. wrap. <laughs>